3: And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on The Big X. Each and every weekday we do this live at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Don't forget, if you ever miss the live show here on The Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you may listen uh, to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison And we are there. We are close to the start of the boys' basketball season. We've got some – the high school season, that is. We've got some scrimmage games this week, which will be fun to follow. And, of course, IU basketball, the season is rolling. The Hoosiers, I thought, looked really good on Friday night with a big win over Northern Illinois. And you say Northern Illinois, I know it's not that exciting. It's not going to be anything like the challenge that St. John's, the next game coming up here this week for this IU team, will be. But – Uh, They beat Washington, and that uh, I mentioned it numerous times last week. I thought that was cause for concern based on IU's performance against Eastern Eastern Michigan last week to open the season. But I thought Indiana did a lot of things right on Friday night. Not perfect, still a long way to go, still a lot of question marks about the team and the roster and the rotations and so much more. But uh, Indiana, I thought for early season basketball, looked pretty good on Friday night as well. And, of course, Uh, Probably the only way you were able to follow the IU game was Don Fisher listening here on the Big X or maybe – if you had the Big Ten Plus package, you got to hear Fish uh, have with the television call as well, which was pretty cool on Friday to see all that synced up and uh, he be on TV as well. I wish they would do that every game. Obviously not going to happen with ESPN and Big Ten Network and the national networks, but uh, Fish is just the man. There's no question about it. When it comes to IU basketball, his voice is synonym, uh, not synonymous with the Hoosiers and uh, was fun to catch the game in that manner on Friday. We've got lots to talk about today. And we've got lots of guests set to join our program as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, here in just a few moments, I had a chance last week to catch up with Brandon Northern. He's going to be one of the top high school basketball players in the area this upcoming season. He has been really good his entire career, but he's had Trey Kaufman-Wren and Cooper Jacoby around him uh, that have dominated a lot of the scoring for Silver Creek in previous years and route to a couple state championships. Well, those guys are in college. Kaufman-Wren's going to redshirt at Purdue. That was big news early last week. Cooper Jacoby's been getting some ticks and some early freshman season opportunities for Toledo, and now Brandon Northern is still in Sellersburg ready to lead the Dragons – when the season officially begins here in a week and a half or so. So we'll catch up with him about how this year is different for him as our preview of high school basketball in the area continues. Our goal is to have every coach on and a lot of the top players between now and tip-off around Thanksgiving of a lot of these uh, the early season 21-22 games. So Brandon Northern, point guard, He's going to do a lot more than handle and distribute the ball this year. He's going to have to score a lot for this Silver Creek team. We'll have that interview coming up here in just a few moments. Also, it's Monday, so Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. Zach is always with me to start the week from an IU basketball and football perspective. You noticed in my open today for the show, I didn't even mention IU football. Uh, The way they lost at home to Rutgers, in my opinion, the season is over. It's been over from a bowl perspective, and uh, you just hope that they would get through with some wins. And obviously, you want to see them beat Purdue at the end of the year. Uh, But I have no hope that any of that's going to happen. In fact, I think that a lot of the players have mailed it in. It's uh, just not been a good season for various reasons. Injuries, tough schedules, just underperforming, maybe overhyped going into the season. But We'll catch up on a little IU football with Zach. We'll primarily talk basketball when he joins us. And then later in the show, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad's the AD at Charlestown High School. Uh, He's an IHSA executive board member. He's always with us Mondays as we talk local sports. And uh, how about this for a local sports uh, topic today? New Albany football wins a, a regional championship on Friday night. They lost by 20-plus points to Bloomington South in Game 1 of the regular season and came back to win on Friday night. Now, Bloomington South had some guys out, but New Albany played well and actually a 30-point loss to Bloomington South way back on August 20th to begin the season. But New Albany wins a football regional championship, and that is something in this area, not just at New Albany, but in this area, that does not happen very often at all. I've said numerous times in the years we've had this program and we've had our high school football coverage here on the Big X, you know, we don't see a lot of football teams advance out of the regional uh, or even out of the sectional, really, and rarely. Uh, have we seen anyone from this area get to the semi-state? I think the last time we had a team in the state championship game was Clarksville, and that was back in the what early the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. I think maybe it was the 90s that they uh, made their way to get uh, to get beat in the state championship game. So big accomplishment there. I think the thing that stands out most to me about New Albany winning, it's the first time that New Albany, Jeffersonville, or Floyd Central, the three biggest schools here in the area, have ever won a regional championship in the sport of football since the IHSAA has been orchestrating, overseeing that sport here in our state. So uh, big stuff for Steve Cooley and his New Albany team. Chad Gilbert and I will talk about that this week. Obviously, we're going to have some coverage of New Albany football this week heading into their big challenge. That's what it is against number 1 in 5A Cathedral, coming up on Friday night uh, in a semi-state one-game, semi-state game. New Albany's in the semifinals if you look at the bracket of the uh, 5A state championship. So big stuff for the Bulldogs. We'll talk that with Chad Gilbert. We'll talk high school hoops with Chad Gilbert and much more when he joins us a little bit later today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well. And uh, obviously, Honey Baked Ham is your source, your your stop for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday when it comes to your your ham. There's no question about that. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. It's always open here on the program, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. and uh, We're growing, I think, from a tech's perspective. More and more input, it seems, especially now that the IU basketball season has officially begun. But I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to also get some text on local sports. Have you seen a high school game, a basketball, maybe a girls' game to start the season? Were you at the New Albany Regional Football Championship game on Friday night? What are you excited about, about the upcoming high school boys' basketball season? You can send in those questions and comments as well. We'll get them on the air with our guest, or if it's just something you want to sound off on, we'll fit it in, 502-414-1455. The Thornton's text line, really a great addition to this program and to all of our shows here on the Big X. All right, let's take a quick look at some headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Well, excuse me, we're not going to headlines today. Instead, we have a guest here in this segment, a interview from last week with Brandon Northern, big point guard at Silver Creek. Keep in mind our high school basketball previews continue this week we've got coaches and players lined up to join us we've already had a number of area coaches on and that's going to continue between now and the Thanksgiving holiday and as we continue to preview the upcoming high school basketball season in addition to coaches over the next few weeks we're going to be talking with some of the area's top players and what as well and one of those guys is Silver Creek senior Brandon Northern he's got basketball in his bloodlines He's had a great high school career so far, and he had a chance to win some state championships and play alongside some guys that are already at the Division One level of college basketball And Cooper Jacoby and Trey kaufman Ren And Brandon joins us right now to talk about the Dragons and this upcoming season. First off, Brandon, how are practices going? The season is finally here, and there's lots of excitement once again around the Silver Creek program.
4: Yeah, practices have been going well. Um getting used to everybody, all the new guys. Everybody has a new role this year, so it's been fun trying to figure out who's got to do what and where we have to make up slack from last year. Um, obviously, there's some stuff left we'll to clean up, but I think that's every team as they start the year.
3: Yeah, no question about it. Brandon Northern is my guest as we preview the Silver Creek Dragons for this upcoming season. Before we talk about new roles, specifically yours, we've got to go back and talk about uh, some of your years in the Silver Creek basketball program uh, already. You, you is, are a senior, finally, it seems. You've been playing really since your freshman year. When you look back on how your career has went so far, the success that you have brought to yourself individually, but also what the team has been able to experience as well, uh, reflect on what it's been like to be a Silver Creek Dragon these last three seasons. Yeah, it's been
4: really fun getting to play with a lot of talented guys, um, great coaches, great coaches. Everybody that wants to be there, everybody wants to get better. Um, We all share a certain drive that I think everybody around us doesn't have. Um, It's been fun just getting to travel. Bus rides are fun with the guys, Um, playing the games, learning how to play with each other, learning what we like to do. Um, It's just been fun sharing a lot of time with these guys.
3: Brandon Northern is my guest. Brandon, uh, give one or two items, one or two things maybe that you most learned from Trey kaufman Ren, who's now at Purdue, and, of course, Cooper Jacoby playing at uh, Toledo. Name what, what, Being in practice with those guys every day, going through games with them, getting the chance to compete with and against them in practices, what did that do to help elevate your game? And what are a couple things that you, you've learned from them you'll take into your senior year?
4: I would say a couple of the biggest things is to work hard every day. You know, those guys are staying after practice, getting up shots they're in before practice in the weight room, constantly thinking of how to get better, watching basketball, just thinking of how they can improve their game themselves. And then the other thing that I think I've learned the most is scoring isn't everything. You know, those guys put the ball in the hole really well, but they were also great teammates. They rebounded well. Um, I didn't have to score because I was able to pass them the ball to score. And all the people around us were able to play their role. And I think that really propelled us as no one was really selfish. No one wanted to get theirs. We all kind of did our part and played our role, and that helped us elevate to the next level.
3: Brandon, as you look at the team for this season so far through practices, what are some noticeable differences other than Jacoby and Kaufman, Wren and some other seniors not back this year? Will the style of Silver Creek look different on the floor?
4: Um, We'll still want to get up and down, play as fast as possible. We're not going to be near as big or experienced. But I think we got a lot of guys that play really hard and want to get better so i think if we just continue to work hard throughout the season we continue to rely on each other i think we'll be pretty good this year um obviously there's a big presence of trey cooper even isaac nolan um all those guys played a big role but we got a lot of young hungry guys this year that want to get better so i think we'll be just fun.
3: brandon how does your role specifically change for this upcoming season Late,
4: um, the past three years, I've been a pass first guy, you know, Trey Coop, extremely talented, great scorer. So getting them the ball was my main priority. As long as we scored as a team, it didn't matter. So I know that they had the best odds on the team to put the ball in the hole. So getting them the ball was big this year. Um, I'll probably be, I will be the best scorer on the team. So having to put the ball in the hole more, but still knowing that defenses are going to attract to me. So, being able to kick it to the guys that can shoot, can finish around the rim, I think that'll also be big. Just being a leader this year, um, just being able to play as the main guy, as a star player, instead of having two guys around me, I think that'll be the biggest difference.
3: I'm curious. I know things change when you arrive for that senior year. There's some leadership and just a different feeling around things but is it even more so with the role and the void that you're going to have to fill from a scoring perspective that Trey and Cooper both left behind i guess my question is what has the last week or so felt like as a senior in practices with this new role as opposed to previous years
4: um been a lot of teaching teaching guys where to be when i drive teaching guys how to play defense on certain dudes that may want to shoot the ball more or drive the ball um trying to encourage everybody, you know, shoot when you're open. If you're not open, make a move or kick it to the next guy. Just really trying to be a leader to the young guys, the guys that haven't played as much as me, and help everybody around me get better. Because I know I can't win one on five, and I know even with two other great players, it still took all five of us. So I know that everyone on the court will have to contribute in their own way, and I think that's important for us.
3: Talking with Brandon Northern, he's a point guard at Silver Creek will be a key score, key player this year for the Dragons. There's no question about that. Uh, How has your game, Brandon, developed this offseason? I know that your dad was a great player at Jeffersonville, played at a high level in college as well, and is still very involved in the game of basketball here in southern Indiana. So you're working on your craft all the time, whether it's in the offseason with a team or whether it's an individual setting. What what have you improved on and what have you been working on for this final go-around with Silver Creek?
4: The biggest thing this year was shooting. Um, I've always been a decent shooter, maybe even below average. But this offseason, I really put in a lot of time, perfecting my form, perfecting different ways to get open and get my shot off. I think that a lot of defenses have kind of collapsed on me when I drive, and it's been tough to score around the rim lately because of all the defense and the help. But I think if I'm able to put the ball in the hole from the three-point line, I think that will open up a lot more opportunities for me and the guys around me.
3: Brandon, as you look ahead to your basketball future, I know it's in your blood, and uh, we're definitely going to play at the college level. You've had some interest early. Uh, in your career, and I know you had some more this past summer. Any thoughts on maybe where the destination or potential destinations could be for you once things wrap up at Silver Creek? And what are you most looking for? I know you've got a season ahead of you of the high school level, but what are you most looking looking forward to about taking your game to that next level when you enter college basketball?
4: Yeah, um, obviously we have a whole season ahead of us. Um, That's the main focus right now. But I think getting to college will be really fun. Getting to play with everybody on the court can do really everything that you can do. Having to kind of relearn the system, relearn everybody's role, how to play with other guys. Um, I think that will be the most fun part. Just um, getting to play with a lot of talented guys on the court at all times. I think that will be the most fun part.
3: Brandon Northern, senior point guard at Silver Creek the Dragons. The defending 3A state champions, they open their season November 24th, a home game against Columbus East, and that'll be the first opportunity to see Northern and his classmates on the floor for Silver Creek this season. All right, that's Brandon Northern as our preview of the high school basketball season continues. Again, more coaches and players coming up this week and next as we get ready for tip-off here in Clark and Floyd counties. We'll head to our first commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star joins. We'll recap IU's win. It was a good one over Northern Illinois on Friday night. We'll talk a little IU football, and we'll take your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line. Send your uh, text in, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We've got Zach Osterman of the Indy Star coming up here in just a moment, but I want to go to the Thornton's text line. Uh, We have a text, and all the text says is IU88UK67 in reference of the women's basketball final score yesterday. I did not mention that in the opening segment. Attached uh, in the text message on the Thornton's text line was a sign. uh, that It looks like it appeared on the the, uh, big monitor, the big screen, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. One of the IU students holding it up, it says at least the UK women will come to assembly. So a little shot there at Coach Cal and the UK men. But nonetheless, a great win yesterday for IU women's basketball. Early on, they appear to really be for real and set up for a good year in Big Ten women's basketball and perhaps beyond uh, when we get to the NCAA tournament. Zach Osterman, the Indy Star, with us to talk IU basketball and more. Let's start with the women, Zach, since we got the text. A big win for Coach Morn and her group over the rival UK team, who was also a ranked team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what – I mean, that that was I – don't, I don't know if I want to say regrets. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. Um. You know, Indiana uh, really kind of came apart a little bit against Kentucky last year. I think that was one of their more sort of like, unless I'm remembering completely wrong, and Lord knows my memories of 2020 are always going to be a little bit scrambled, but um, that was a, you know, one of, I think, their, their tougher losses last season. And so to, to have that game go as it did where I know it was competitive for a while, and then it just sort of felt like Indiana shifted up to a gear that Kentucky just didn't have, I think, was really impressive. And, you know, I think that the big question about this group basically is just how hungry have they stayed because all, you know, nearly all the key pieces are back. Um, you've got Allie Patberg, McKenzie Holmes, Grace Berger, Alexa Goulbay. I mean, we, I can keep going down the, the list, uh, you know, Nicole Cardano-Hillary. In fact, I think it's basically just all five starters back from last year's Elite Eight team. So... You know, is the the drive still there for a group that has obviously accomplished a lot relative to the history of that program, but I think a group that, by their own telling, still has, they want to win a Big Ten championship, they still haven't won a Big Ten championship, they haven't kind of been able to get over the Maryland hump, Uh, Maryland's always just been a a little bit further out ahead of them, but that tournament run last year was kind of a moment when they did, they didn't beat Maryland flat out, but they, they went deeper than Maryland did, and... Um, you know, this is just, I mean, it's the highest ranked team in in history, not just in the preseason, but at all. And I just think that as as long as this team, and I don't think they do based on, you know, obviously it's a small sample size, but the two games they've played so far, as long as the team doesn't feel any complacency, I I don't see any reason why they can't be in that mix again to win the Big Ten, to be one of the favorites to win the Big Ten tournament, and then to be favored to make a, a deep NCAA tournament run.
3: Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, obviously a good win for the IU women. And I said this last week, uh, we're going to follow them closer throughout the season. I'm not going to wait till the postseason to start thinking about the IU women. They're they're going to have a good year. I don't think there's any uh, surprise to that. Zach, I do want to get back to Friday night. Uh, IU men, I thought, with a nice win. It was Northern Illinois, not a big-name opponent, but that same Northern Illinois team went on the road and beat Washington earlier in the week and IU, I thought, really improved on some of the areas of weakness uh, Tuesday night in a very close finish uh, against Eastern Michigan. So that's all I think you can ask for at this early point of the season is to see some progress in the different categories surrounding this team and program that have been bothersome now for a number of years. And I thought even against Northern Illinois, a mid-major level opponent, IU took some steps forward here early in the season on Friday.
1: Yeah, I I think what you said there is, is right, which is all you really can ask for, is, is feeling like you're seeing progress at this time of year, feeling like you're seeing a team that is capable of evaluating its, its weaknesses, its failures, and addressing them and improving off of them. Uh, obviously, that Eastern Michigan game was nervier than anyone would have liked, I'm sure, um, but in the same breath, you always knew this team wasn't going to be the finished article. You always knew this team, this Indiana team, um, for, you know, all the, the reasons specific to this group, new coach, new players, etc and all the reasons just that are kind of true of just about any college basketball team at this time of year, you're not peaking right now. That, that, that is not anybody's goal. That is not anybody's objective at this moment in, in the season. You just want to feel like you're seeing a team that, that can progress and learn from its, its wins and its losses, its mistakes and its, and its successes and just kind of keep, you know, taking those sort of baby steps forward that if you do it right, you get to February, you get to March, and you look back and you say, wow, all those added up to a pretty impressive journey. Um, you know, Indiana was better offensively. Indiana was probably better defensively, and frankly, they were, they were still very good defensively against Eastern Michigan. I think they just lost their way a little bit at the offensive end, and then maybe that affected their defense somewhat in the second half. Um, but, I mean, you know, Northern Illinois had long, long stretches without a made field goal. And as you said, this was a team that had beaten Washington just a few days earlier. And, and you know, it, it, in fairness to, number one, Northern Illinois' head coach came from Arizona State, so you would imagine he probably had a little bit of extra insight into Washington that he wouldn't have had into Indiana, although he did have – a former Indiana staffer on his staff, Drew Gladstone. Um, And number two, Indiana kind of has the advantage of seeing whether Illinois beat beat, beat Washington the same night that Indiana flirts with losing to Eastern Michigan. So you're kind of going to get, it's not going to be hard to get your attention up at that point as well. But again, right now, November is just for progress. November is for getting better. And, it's not always going to be linear, it's not always going to be perfect, but if you can kind of draw a line through it that, that track toward, you know, improvement across the course, really even the first two months of the season, then you're probably going to set yourself up well for conference play, and I think Indiana should feel good about what it did
3: Friday night. Yeah, I agree. Zach Osterman, the Indy Star, my guest. Zach, I know this is an easy topic to talk about. It's something that we assumed all off-season long But Trace Jackson Davis has been dominant so far in two games. Now, I know it's mid-major level opponents that most mid-major teams do not have anyone close to being able to guard someone of his stature with his talent. But I think Trace Jackson Davis, at least here early on, has shown that he, too, is the leader of this team. The best player on this team has made some improvements in the offseason. I think he's
1: gotten a lot better as a passer. I mean, you know, I, I know people have have highlighted, you know, he's made a couple jumpers. You know, he's had a couple nice finishes with his right hand and things like that. Uh, I think that, you know, what he has, I do want to say turned into, because it's not like he, he wasn't a good enough passer beforehand, but I think that, that all of a sudden you were seeing a level of court vision from him kind of passing the ball out of the post. And it also might, to be fair, be a little bit too of what indiana is emphasizing off the ball you know i'm thinking about that alley to jordan geronimo against eastern michigan i don't know if jordan geronimo in the flow of indiana's offense last year is looking for that that sort of backdoor scene to cut down for the dunk um or if that's just something that kind of happens organically but i just think that as a passer um has gotten even better and i think that kind of thing is really important because we've talked so much about how's indiana going to get better shooting the three they've got to improve and they do and i don't think this team is going to be a a, lights out up three-point shooting team by any stretch this year i really really don't um but i think they are going to commit to it more than they have in the past i wrote about that after the after the Eastern Michigan game, Indiana only attempted 18.1 threes last season per game. That was, I think, 299 nationally. I think I don't know if the, the percentage improves a ton, but I think you will at least see Indiana take more threes. And the key to good three-point shooting, is, well, let me rephrase. The key to creating good three-point looks, quality three-point attempts, is ball movement, body movement. And then if you have it, really dumping the ball down into the paint to a player that can kind of act as a magnet to pull the whole thing to him. And if Trace Jackson Davis can keep passing at this level, then that's part of getting Indiana better as a three-point shooting team because it better passes out of the post, quicker passes, sharper passes, more clever passes, whatever. That creates more three-point opportunities, and that creates more opportunities for shooters. And and when you're putting the – when you're willing to commit to shooting the three a little bit better and then you put the ball in the hands of the people that can do it, that's when you kind of wind up, I think, seeing some improvement.
3: Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, recapping the IUN over Northern Illinois from Friday night. I guess the disappointment maybe, and I've heard this from some folks, uh, and I agree, Parker Stewart and Miller cop this far. Uh, I really thought they would be able to offer Indiana a little bit uh, as far as shooting and scoring more so out of the gate than what they've been able to put forth uh, at least through two games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Stewart probably just kind of needs to find a shot. And uh, I think the question we've always had with him is, is kind of where, where is sort of the, the, the balance or the average for him between the player he, was at Pitt who was largely hunting trees. And the player he was, or, or at least was sort of a, a, a player with a defined role as a shooter, and the player he was at UT Martin where obviously he was being counted on to shoot with volume and to score with volume. Um, and, you know, I think it may take him a little time to just kind of basically figure out what his role is, what his, what his um, what's the word I'm looking for here, what is sort of you know, function, his best function or his best traits within this offense are. I think Kopp, it's a little bit harder to diagnose. I think he's had some good looks. Um, There's been some suggestion that hasn't been confirmed at all, that he's been kind of a little bit banged up, that he's, he's, you know, healthy enough to play, but still feeling the effects of some things. And we have have seen his minutes a little bit more limited than you'd expect for a starter. Um, But I I think, you know, again, if you're Indiana – for the moment, anyway, you're looking at both of those guys and saying it's two games, there's a lot of season ahead, and you just don't need to be worrying too much about, you know, where either of those guys are until you're 10, 12, 15 games in, and you feel like they're still kind of fighting
3: them. Zach, one other uh, good sign, I thought at least, was Michael Durr. He's back and healthy enough where he was able to log some minutes on Friday night for IU, and I like the big fella. I think that there's a role for him on this team, and I think he can add – something that I use front court, especially backing up uh, TJD and Race Thompson.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I thought he looked smooth. I thought it confident. I thought it was interesting when you, you kind of got to the end of the game, seeing like possessions used and shots taken, percentage of shots taken while he was on the floor. Um, it felt like Indiana was being very purposeful about getting his, basically getting dirt touches and saying, like, here, you know, go go get some shots in, go, go see if you can find your offense a little bit. Because he, he hasn't played. I mean, he did not play in the scrimmage, from my understanding. He did not play against Belmont I'm talking about. He did not play at uh, in the Bahamas, and he didn't play against Eastern Michigan. So this is his first competitive minutes of any kind in an Indiana uniform. I I, I really got the sense that Indiana was kind of – deliberately trying to get him to sort of kind of, I don't assert himself is the wrong word, but deliberately de- deliberately trying to get him to, you know, kind of really take charge and look for some offense and find a comfort level. And I thought he, I thought he did, at least to a point. Um, you could tell he was on still a little bit of a minutes restriction, although he saw, saw more minutes as the game kind of petered out at the end. But I I do think there's a player there that can absolutely kind of provide you quality minutes behind Trace Jackson Davis as the season wears on. All
3: right, Zach, uh, IU this week, obviously, with more games once the season gets here. It uh, seems to come fast and furious. And next up on Wednesday night is the biggest test, I think, by far this season. And really, one of the bigger tests of the non-conference schedule for the Hoosiers, that's when St. John's comes to Bloomington, part of the Gavit tip-off games, a 9 o'clock game on the Big Ten Network, or on uh, Fox Sports 1, excuse me. Uh, that's going to be, I think, a telling tell about this IU team here early in the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it is their first really big test. It's an experienced team. Um, it's a team that I think people expect to at least kind of be be a tough out in the Big East. I don't think they're expected to be a you know a favorite there. I think that it you know the most likely sort of optimistic scenario still finds them kind of on the bubble as the season wears on. But you got Mike Anderson, a coach who's obviously very experienced in a team that I think is going to test Indiana in some key ways and. It, You know, it feels like it comes at a good time because you have these two games to start. You could see some progress there. Now you play this game, then you get three more before you have to go to Syracuse. And so you kind of get this test and then a little bit more time to kind of go back in, work on some things. You know, this will be a much sterner sort of evaluation of where you're at as a team than either of the first two games or any of the three games that follow it in all likelihood. And I think that the value of it is essentially just kind of, you know, sort of sprinkling in a tougher test to really kind of really kind of stress you a little bit and then having those three games on the back end where you can take whatever you learn at St. John's and apply it and get better again before you have to hit that gauntlet that starts with Syracuse.
3: Zach, final topic before we head out of here for this break. Uh, Are you surprised at all that defense has kind of been uh, setting the tone, you could say, for this IU team so far this season? Or because Coach Woodson seemed to really emphasize it, really from the moment he got the IU job in some of his early press conferences, did you think that uh, defense would become much more important and uh, have to be a bigger part of this IU identity? No, I
1: I mean, he has been pretty adamant, frankly, you know, I mean, going back to the summer that he felt like this team was pulling in what he was preaching defensively much faster and much better than, than what he was kind of trying to do offensively, that there were a lot of things offensively that Indiana was still, you know, sort of struggling with, um, but that defensively he felt like things were advancing, you know, you go back to even the time in the Bahamas, um, Indiana was saying that, or Mike Woodson was saying that about his team, and, um, just basically anywhere that, anywhere that it has kind of been brought up, it's been clear that Indiana um, feels like, or Mike Woodson feels like Indiana is further ahead defensively than offensively at the moment. So I don't think it really has been a surprise to kind of see that. I mean, Woodson's been honest to this point. There's no reason not to take him in his
3: word. Yeah, no question. Zach Osterman, the Indy Star, with us Mondays. I always say, he helps us kickstart the week from an IU football and basketball perspective. And, Zach, I'm not even going to bring up IU football today. That's just the, the point of the season we're at, given the blowout loss at home to Rutgers on Saturday. So I won't even trouble you for your thoughts on that. But we'll catch up again next Monday. As always, thanks for your expertise.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always.
3: And we'll head to a commercial break, our final of the hour. We'll come back with Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School. We've got lots of local sports to talk about. New Albany football headed to a one-game semi-state this weekend. We'll discuss that, hoops, and more. And your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502- We'll be back after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt
0: Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
3: We are back here on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert joins in just a moment. Got a text on the text line. This is a good one. Uh, Texter writes, I am a 71 graduate of New Albany and just want to say that the football tournament play did not start until 1973. When I was in high school, we just had conference champions. So that helps explain somewhat, I think, why of the big schools in the area, New Albany, Floyd Central, and Jeff, we've never had a regional champion until New Albany was able to get Bloomington South in the regional championship game and move on to the semi-state coming up this weekend. Chad Gilbert, athletic director at Charlestown High School, is my guest. He's also a board member for the IHSA, the governing body of high school sports in our state. And Chad, let's start with New Albany football. I mean, when's the last time we had anybody, regardless of class, still alive at the middle part of November just a game away from a football state championship
2: you know Matt the excitement that this has got to create for New Albany High School is, is off the chart there's only one person who's probably a little disappointed and that's probably Coach Shannon because he may have some basketball players playing football that he doesn't get for another week or two depending on how the Bulldogs go but you guarantee that he's excited for the win as well they what this does, man, for those kids, for the area in general, and you know, you take think about Coach Cooley and the Bulldogs and what they've went through to get to this point. They've um, to to win a sectional, like we've talked about before, is hard. To win a regional is extremely hard. You're in the final four. The Bulldogs are one game away from going to Indianapolis and playing for a state championship. This is what education-based athletic is all about. Is you know, guys coming together playing their best ball at the end of the season, setting egos aside, set individual goals from the side for the best of the team. And from this point on, you know, you want to win. I guarantee Coach Cooley and the players, the coaching staff, they want to win a state championship. They are not satisfied. But to be in this point, you're making memories. Every day counts. Every day special. You can guarantee the Bulldogs someone will be bringing food in every day. They'll be eating well after practice. They'll have their regional champs T-shirts. They'll ride, you know, to Indianapolis in style. And they're going to create memories and have fun and something that, you know, can kind of kickstart your program and create an atmosphere of winning. You know, people people see how much fun it is, what's all involved in it, and they want to be part of winners.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest, talking local sports here in this segment. Chad, high school hoops is underway on the girls' side. And the boys uh, officially wrapped up their first week of practice. I think there were some inter squad scrimmages and things of that nature this past week or weekend. But this coming week, uh, we'll we'll get to learn a lot more because there's some scrimmage games that take place. And then, of course, the following week, the week of Thanksgiving, just a, a glorious week here in Southern Indiana because that means. Uh, High school basketball games are back on the boys' side as well. So lots of fun, lots of excitement building up to the season. Uh, Let's talk about the season. Jeffersonville, Floyd Central, uh, I've got those guys at the top of my list. Where are you at this season as we head into the games?
2: Well, Matt, before we go into this season on the boys' basketball side, just a little bit talking about the girls. Our girls are off to a tremendous start. We play Silver Creek Wednesday at Silver Creek, a chance to knock off The defending state championships on their court we're excited about that coach Matthews has our troops ready and we talked about winners you know we were able to play Floyd Central on Thursday night and I saw one of the best winners of all times our your and I's friend Wayne Timms. you know you want to talk about a winner that man has won several several tournaments whether it's elementary whether it's middle school whether it's three on threes Wayne Timms was always a winner in Matt Dennison and Chad Gilbert's book, but to, <laughs> but to see to see him is something always special. Uh, but when I watched that game, the one thing that stood out for me, if you look at that, Floyd Central's coach by former boys' coach Randy Jan, John Fanya, who had lots of success at Gordon and went to a, a semi state with the Panthers, and I looked at the bench. You know, in 1989. Matt, you're too young for this. I was a sophomore in high school. And if you're talking about class basketball, New Washington would have won three state championships. If you think of Scott Matthews was an outstanding guard. And to see him coaching on one bench, and to see Shane Gibson as an assistant coach for Floyd Central on the other bench, you want to talk about bringing some memories back of some battles in that Seymour Regional. I can remember when Shane was a senior and scored 48 against Jeffersonville in the sectional. Now, you, you think about that, Matt, 48. And you know who was on that team, Mr. Basketball, Pat Graham. Mm-hmm. And for Shane to step up and score 48 in the sectional, what type of player does that say that he was? My goodness, you want to talk about some good players. They were loaded in. And to see those two guys on the bench, I thought that was outstanding. But I think we're going to be in for a showdown Wednesday night at Silver Creek, and it's a great opportunity for the Pirates to uh, – make a statement game and try to get hold of this Mid-Southern Conference. But I'm with you as far as the boys goes. I think it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, I'm looking at team schedules. There's a lot of interesting teams on each other's schedules. On the 22 games, athletic directors have to be creative, especially on the boys' side. You know, there's Teams that are uh, around here, like, for instance, we do, we do not play Jeffersonville or Floyd Central. That's not by Jeffersonville Floyd Central's doing. That's by our doing. That uh, We're just not to that point right now. But what that does is that creates a void in Floyd Central and Jeffersonville's schedule where they have to go out and be creative with their schedule to find other opponents. But you talk about those guys coming in, Matt, I think both of them you know, was going to be a dogfight this year. You know, it's going to be one of those games that uh, – It'll be interesting to see. I think that game is at Floyd this year. Am I right? I believe so. So, you know, you don't have to give the Highlanders an edge there, and you get in a sectional. It's anybody's game to go from there. The interesting thing is Floyd has a few holes to fill with the the loss of High Breeder, and Jeffersonville has a huge loss to fill with Jalen Fairman. You know, you think about last year at the start of the year, Jeffersonville had a new coach, and it took a little bit while to get their legs under them, but it seemed like they got their legs under them when Fairman became eligible. Without Fairman gone, with Fairman being gone, I'm curious who's going to step up and take his spot. But watching the Red Devils in their uh, uh, Red Devil Madness or whatever it called, my goodness, they've got a lot of pieces, Matt. A lot, of a lot of athleticism, a lot of excitement that, that way.
3: Yeah, when I get asked for my thoughts on the season, I, I keep going back to Jeff and Floyd as far as best players, best starting five, lots of talent. Floyd Central has height that uh, I think will be tough to deal with for so many teams here locally. But across the area, getting beyond just those two teams – I really think when you look at at teams in different classes, we've got a number of teams that will be very competitive. And again, by the time we get there to the postseason, have a chance to make Uh, runs and win sectionals and and who knows beyond that. Providence comes to mind in 2A. Christian Academy should be good in 1A. There are some other 1A teams also that I don't want to leave off. And, of course, the defending champions on the boys' side as well, Silver Creek, we heard from Brandon Northern a little later or a little earlier in the show today, and, and he's going to be a real threat, and they've got some guys to go around him. So I think a good year for our area once again. It's just amazing how good hoops has been the last number of years here.
2: Matt, you think about it. Silver Creek, when you win championships, you have spill effect for the next several years to come. You know, where guys who have been on that team, they just know how to win. They've been in those battles. They've seen those games. They've been in that, you know, in that locker room. So you're going to get some winning spill factor out. How how you maintain it is up to your players and up to you to keep that culture going. But I think Silver Creek is going to have an outstanding year as well. Going back to the 4A sectional or at uh, Seymour, Seymour has an outstanding coach in Kurt Manns, and I think that this is one of their better teams that they've had in recent years that uh, you know, with the right draw they can knock off somebody. And the one that's kind of under the radar is Jennings County. Uh, Jennings County had a lot of guys back from last year's team who, if I remember right in the section, they knocked somebody off or they took somebody to the brink last year, and I think that they're going to be pretty good as well. And then w- watch out for my pirates up here. I feel like we got an outstanding coach, an outstanding staff with Matt Lynch up here. I think that he's got an opportunity to really create something special. He has a uh, a persona, a a likeness about him that uh, kids gravitate to, parents gravitate to, and uh, I think we'll we'll be able to get our fans to gravitate to as well. And I think that he's going to have an outstanding year. Matt, I think we're only going to get better and better because of Coach Lynch and our players' buy-in, and we'll be someone that, uh, you know, not sure we can win a sectional, but I'm sure we can knock a team off. And Oh, another team that comes to mind, Matt, that's going to be very good is Scottsburg. Scottsburg in three A has a lot of kids back from that last from last year's team that played young, so I think there's going to be a lot of parity in Southern Indiana
3: this year. I agree, Chad Gilbert. He's the AD at Charlestown High School, IHSA Executive Board member, former coach, and he's with us Mondays to help us break down the local sports scene. Chad, thank you very much.
2: Matt, good luck to the Bulldogs this this weekend, and congratulations there uh, them on winning a regional, and then. Also, thanks for everything you do for Sunday Night Sports, Matt. We winged it today, and we got through it. I appreciate you.
3: Absolutely. Appreciate your time on Mondays. And again... Uh, Chad's with us every week as we talk local sports here on the program. A couple quick notes I want to get in before we've got to sign off today. Tom Allen speaking to the media right now. Uh, two things that I'm seeing that he said today that really stand out. He was asked if he regretted at all talking about IU football winning or having the potential to win the Big Ten at the beginning of the year instead of taking it one game at a time. Says he thought... Thought it through, and he has no regrets on that. Also, how about this? Jack Tuttle, he says, now dealing with a second foot-slash-ankle injury. And I want to get this in from the text line. IU men's basketball sounded really good on Friday as I listened to it on your radio station. And how about the IU women's basketball team? That was a huge win over rival Kentucky. They are awesome. Thanks for the text. We'll be back with you Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.